We love beating Mayo, lads. <laughs> Poor old Mayo got an awful beating at the weekend as well. Like, Poor old Kevin, he'd, he'd be keeping the head down in Roscommon Town for a few days. Off the ball. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Off the ball breakfast. Ireland's sports breakfast show. I'm glad John Hayden, uh, Belvedere chairman, is here with us. It's under unfortunate circumstances. Um, John, you're welcome to the show. You, you put a post up on Instagram that I think a lot of people might have seen at this stage, and if they haven't, they can uh, follow you. Um, the pitches that you guys use for schoolboy football and underage football have been destroyed yeah. uh, over the, the break at Christmas. It's in Fairview Park in Dublin. What happened? So photographs on, on uh, screen there. So... Friday night, I believe it was, uh, a stolen car got into Fairview Park and you can see in the pictures there, they, they absolutely wrecked. Those three pitches wrecked, two which we use and one which Sheriff uh, Football Club use. Um, this isn't the fourth time, it's the third time in about nine or ten months now. Um, this time it was a car, previously it was a motorbike. Um, in fairness to the DCC, they've done everything they can to try and manage it and, 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 and police it as best they can, but it's an impossible task for them. Um, and for us, it's very frustrating because we have eight teams due to play there this weekend, which they won't play now, um, which means there's eight teams that won't be travelling to us. So the 16 teams of kids between the ages of 7 and 11 years of age are without football this weekend, and it's not the first time. We don't really know yet how long it'll go on for till the DCC give us a report on what the repairs are that's needed um, previously it happened back in August it was a motorbike and scramblers um, done similar damage and they had a guy there for three days repairing the stuff you know so we have other issues up there as well the issues up there is broken bottles we have to get parents and coaches to sweep the pitches to make sure that the kids aren't going to get cut or needles things like that and it, it's just very frustrating and the coaches are getting very demoralised by it because it's a constant stop start and we can't get a full flow and it's really unfair on the kids and it's 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 just heartbreaking for them you know just before we go on tell us a little bit about Belvedere what's the catchment area and and the history of it seems like it's it's been a nursery for some of the the biggest names in Irish football over the last 40 60 years yeah so Belvedere was formed out of Belvedere Youth Club by Vincent Butler. Vincent Butler was a director of Belvedere Youth Club, who everybody knows. And, and he identified in the late 60s that there was a need for a, a structured football club. So him and Fergus McCabe, who you may know, was part of Tony Gregory's um, coalition group when Charlie Hottie needed to get into power in 1982, formed Belvedere Football Club in 1971. And from 1971, they laid the footprint in Fairview Park and that's where the teams always played um, so that's 52, 53 years ago now and um, Vincent recognised that the kids in the Dublin 1 area were playing street football and a lot of great footballers come out of the club as you know Like I think we've the most underage internationals 241 underage internationals I think it is 16 full internationals so like we have got that great history but the landscape's changed a little bit with, with football with the National League underage coming in and all but it, the, the reason it was set up was to keep the kids on a straight and narrow and because the Northern City at that time was one of the most impoverished areas in, in the country and um, it still it still isn't in great there's still areas of it that is, is in dire need of, of, of a, an improvement so what we're trying to do is provide this service to these kids. The catchment areas would be the Dublin 1, Dublin 3 areas and surrounding areas because a lot of the people from the Dublin 1, Dublin 3 areas have moved out of the area. But they still have disaffection for the clubs in the area and they come back 
because the father might have played for Belvedere, he may have played for Sheriff. They come back to the areas because that's their love, that's what they have. And um, so a lot of the people that play for the club, the majority of the people that play for the club either still live in the area or grew up in the area and bring their kids back. Um, we are there now 52, 53 years and we're playing in a public park we are trying our best to get our own facility because we've almost 400 kids. We have girls up to about 12, 13 years of age and then they have to go a different route. And that's sad because we have loads of girls that want to play for the club and we have girls in the club, but we have to ask them to leave at a certain age. Why is that? Because we don't have the facilities for them. They need dressing rooms, they need change of facilities separate to boys and we just don't have it. So how we're working at the minute is we're renting training facilities off Belvedere College in the Stillery Road on Monday nights. We're renting Clontarf Astro on Wednesday nights for training. And we rent Clontarf Astro on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings for games. We also train in summer months. We pull out of them because we can't financially keep it all year round. And we train in Fairview Park, the whole club. On the weekends, all year round, the younger kids, the under 8s, the under 9s, up to under 11s, play in Fairview Park. They're the kids that are most affected with what's going on. But for us, as a club, and not only us, there's loads of clubs, like I'm living in Coolock, I've moved out to Coolock, and there's clubs like Kilmore Celtic, Rohini, you know, um, Vianney Boys, they need the facilities, um, and we just can't get them. So you're, you're paying out money to use facilities, and that's the bit that's the major drain on the the club's finances. Yes, so the drain on the club's finances is costing the club between sixty-five and 70000 a year. So what we're taking in, we're having to add that money to it. How we're adding that money to it at the minute, we were very lucky with Matt Doherty. We, 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 everybody knows we, we clicked a few quid with Matt going to Spurs when he left Wolves. But that money's going to carry us about another six years and we're done. Five, six years and we're done. Um, we have kids from the north and city and surrounding areas who don't have the support network at home to have the financial support to come and pay their reg fees. Right. So we supplement that. We help them. And like some of them don't have the money to buy their training gear, football boots. We we look after that. And that's we're not the only club to do it. Other clubs do it too. Um, and all we're asking is to be able to give these kids the service to keep them off the street, keep them on the straight and narrow. I know the DCC are doing all they can in Fairview Park, but we need secure training, football facilities with dressing rooms, and we're willing to finance it ourselves and go and get the funding and go and get the help ourselves. We just need a facility. Would you share them with other clubs? Would you share them with Sheriff or with yeah, Rahini so, or somebody? So what we've done is we have... Well, I was working on this for about eight or nine months and we, we weren't really making any traction. Up on Alfie Bourne Road, there's two grass pitches and historically, Sheriff used one, East Wall used the other. We aligned ourselves with East Wall to try and do it as a partnership to, to because it makes more sense. There's, there's not enough in Belvedere to have a full facility all year round. Like East Wall would be able... So we have night on, night on, night on, night off with the clubs if it works out. So we're working with East Wall. And the guy there, Daniel Ennis, is a great guy. He's, 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 he really... He's taught me an awful lot about thinking outside the box regarding football for all, wheelchair football. He's involved with sensory groups. He's actually, he's actually left his job and he, he's going up for elections uh, in the next upcoming elections but Daniel's a great guy but Daniel is heading up East Wall so we've aligned ourselves with East Wall to get the facility up and running uh, to try and get it off the ground we have spoke to the DCC who have been brilliant and positive with us but there's a lot of there's a lot of red tape and loopholes that they have to go through and we have to go through and it just seems like it's 
it's endless for them and endless for us to get out and positive done in the area. So the, the grass pitches on Alfie Warren, who owns them at the minute? That's their DCC? Oh, DCC, yeah, right. DCC. So <clears throat> it's a formal landfill. There's surveys and things like that would have to be carried out, which we're willing to do. Um, we have spoke to the DCC. The feedback has been very positive from the DCC, to be fair. Do you understand the need for it? Do you understand what we're trying to do? They're looking at it from their end as well. How will it work? Will it work the right way? It has to be managed the right way. So I understand that. Um, we've engaged with some councillors and politicians. It doesn't really help, to be honest. Sometimes some of them some of them do have a genuine interest. Gary Gannon's been good. Um, Mary Lou was good. Pascal Dunahoo helped us. But it kind of stops. It kind of gets to a certain point and then you hit a brick wall, you know. And the, the DCC is the route through. But... Getting back to the Fairview Park thing, if we had a secure facility, whether it be in Fairview Park, Alfiebourne or wherever it is, we can protect it. We can keep the kids off the street. We can, when I played football for Belvedere, I, I remember like things like we'd be leaving, and, and this still goes on like in clubs, you'd be leaving Fairview Park to go training, or after training, and the manager would buy a bag of chips and a bag of sausage. Simple little thing, but he bought it for four of us. But it wasn't about me, you, or you. It might have been the next fella who might have got it dinner when he went home. So it's that kind of stuff that people don't see. You're a counsellor, really. You're looking after children. They're in your care. And all we're asking the government for is help. It seems, John, that like Belvoir in so many ways are a microcosm of all that's good with Irish football yeah. but also all that's wrong with Irish football yeah. at the moment because it's such a historically significant football club and the amount of players that you've developed uh, you know going back to like some Mark Kennedy uh, right Wes. the way through to Matt Doherty like Wes maybe our yeah. most technically gifted yeah. player that we've produced in yeah. recent generations and the amount of players that used to come up from the country to play for the club yeah. that were given opportunities David as well yeah. and also the area of the city it's in like you would yeah. think in common sense would have prevailed over the last 10-20 years where people are looking at the issues in the north inner city going here is an outlet here are people who are giving of their time what do you need what what can we do to help you what facilities can we help you invest in but it just seems like it's it's incredible to think that a club of of that stature don't have their own facilities that you're still reliant on the council and the the thing about it is we've never ever put a hand out for financial help because we were lucky enough over the years to get compensation from players and we invested that back into keeping the kids in football off the street that's what we invested it back into Um, now we're asking for help because it's getting more difficult because we're looking to rent facilities which we can't afford long term we can't afford it the problem I see with Irish football is they're watering the plant at the top of the plant instead of at the bottom They've, they've flipped it and I understand they recognise the problems with the National League stadiums are poor and they need to uplift the National League level which has improved but if you build a house on sand it's going to collapse eventually and they're not looking at the grassroots of the football problem and the football problem is at grassroots level it's facilities it's facilities to keep the kids off the street to support look you look at the GAA it's an amateur network, an amateur association their setup is brilliant why can't we look at the grassroots and help it from the bottom up we're not asking for loads we're asking for a little bit to help us like you're out in Kilmore there uh, in Kilock and I'm looking at my local area and the team in the area is mainly Kilmore Celtic and their pitches are along the Oscar Trainer Road grass pitches which when it rains heavy they're called off in between two of the pitches is a roadway into Clonchock Industrial Estate where I have my own businesses office and there's one of the biggest multinational organisations in there that's at up just building two big facilities. Why couldn't they ask them, who are making billions a day, not a week, month or a year, put something back into the community, build a pitch, an astro pitch? You know, these are things like, and you put a, you put a drone up over the north in our city, you'll hardly see a bit of grass. 
there's nothing. There's no astro pitches. There's nothing in the north and the sea for us. And I know the DCC is positive about it. They're trying to help us. They really are. And myself and Daniel Ennis um, are doing everything we can for both clubs. And I know the sheriff lads are doing their thing as well. And it really needs to be looked at because pretty soon you're going to get coaches walking away because they can't keep things going. You're going to get kids walking away because they can't. We can't keep things going, and it's it's going to cause a ripple effect and it's going to kill football in this country. It, football is struggling at the minute in this country at grassroots level. Yeah, I wonder when it, we look back on investment and you talk about the GEA, like the GEA were very good at putting their hands up and saying, "Give us money." Yeah. Whereas actually, soccer clubs, it felt were for good or bad we're trying to be self-sufficient yeah. but also maybe didn't want the outside interference and yeah. we're like actually just let us do our own thing that yeah. there needs to be a mind shift change among course, football yeah. clubs of actually we need to involve more people it can't be just a few people at the very top running these yeah. clubs we need more uh, more transparency we need more conversations yeah that that's the only way forward here yeah it is definitely is like and there's never been a more a better time financially for us to ask for money so like during the 80s and 90s People didn't have money. Organisations didn't have money. There's money everywhere now, right? We're not we're not asking for a lot. We're looking. To, we're, 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 we'll put some money. To, we have companies that are willing to come in behind us, but without without a plan, without something that's secured, they can't give us anything. We don't have anything that we've secured yet, so we can't go and ask them. They are willing to help, but they can't give us anything yet because we've nothing to show them. Uh, how long do you think it'll be before you're back in Fairview Park for able to play? We don't know. Uh, I would imagine looking at the damage myself, you're probably talking maybe three weeks right? but we don't know yet that has to come back from the DCC well we wish you the very best of luck with that John thanks um, I think we've started a conversation today we're certainly going to continue so thanks a million yeah. for that brilliant Off the Ball Breakfast Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show 